Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Co-Creators Show with Jennifer Lynch and tonight I talk to Kezia Osborne about her transformational work with women. Um, Kezia's a very busy lady, she's an artist, she's a group work and workshop facilitator and if you've read the intro she's also involved in Red Tent among other, all other sorts of um very sacred and interesting and spiritual things. So good evening, Kezia. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you absolutely fine. Clear as a bird. That's great. Thank you so Clear. much for Jennifer for me. Yeah, it's that's absolutely fine. So I was wondering where we might start this um, for our chat this evening. I thought maybe we might want to do a little grounding at some point. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. And I'm just going to say, if anybody would like to call in and speak to Kezia, the number is the United States, obviously. Um, I think you just dial 1. Um, 929 and that number can also be Skyped. So if you've got any queries or anything that you'd like to, um, you know, give us a give us a call a bit later on. Okay, right. Let's 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 start. This would be fantastic for people listening. So I'll hand it over to you. Okay. So yeah, I'd really just like to welcome everyone and really honour you for making this time for yourself so important so that we can nurture and love ourselves so that we can actually give more to the world and that's really one of the things I absolutely love doing is helping people to connect to themselves so that they can give more of themselves to themselves and to others. So one way of doing that um, Jennifer and those who are listening is for us to really get centred and get grounded um i've lit some beautiful candles on my altar and um i've got a candle representing love representing yourself and representing the beautiful spirit that you are so if you just imagine that you're taking a breath into your heart and you're just breathing down from your heart all the way to the bottom of your feet let that breath be soft and let that breath release. And just bring your awareness to your feet, to our beautiful souls that carry you on this earth, their walk with you. And it's really good to honour that we can connect with our feet and the earth. And there is a connection 
a physical and a spiritual connection with our feet and the earth and also with our wombs or if you're a man your sacred space so just breathe up and down from your feet all the way to the tip of your crown to the top of your hair and then all the way back down to your body through your feet again and just imagine above your crown is a beautiful moon lovely full light moon and just breathe down the moonlight from your crown into your heart into your womb or into your sacred space if you're a man and then just breathe that back down into your feet and just say to yourself I am here I am centered imagine the light from your feet going down into the core of the earth and connecting with that beautiful spirit of Mother Earth. Just imagine that there's a beautiful golden light in the core of that earth and you connect with that light and breathe that up into your physical body and into your emotional body and into your mind and into your spiritual bodies. And just let that light hold you, anchor you and keep you safe, nurtured, nourished and in a space of peace. And when you're ready, very gently bring your awareness back to your breath. And come back to the moment of now, feeling centered and grounded and safe. <sighs> Take a nice breath and come back. Mm, so yeah. that was really good. So yeah, I, I always uh, join in the things if people come on the radio and uh, do a meditation then I always do it as well because I always think it's good for that calmness within the radio show anyway so I always, I always do that so I've done Pilates today as well which has also made me uh, super balanced and calm which is absolutely fantastic um, good self-care bit self-care yeah, bit of yeah. <laughs> looking after me <laughs> So, so please, you know, make a start if you're if you're able to to talk a little bit um, about how you got into this because you're originally an artist, aren't you? You come from an artistic background. Yeah, um, I did study fine art, and um, I specialised in something completely different, <laughs> which was um, the ritual. It was uh, rebirth, and it was live art. So I used to go into galleries and um, do live art and I loved it, um, but it wasn't really, it was very commercial and it had an aspect of it, something about it that wasn't quite sitting right with me. And I'm for 20 years, I've been a complementary therapist. I was taught healing when I was 16. I started healing animals and then um I had a little bit of sort of teenage shutdown time um, and I came to Reiki in my very early 20s and right. I really realised 
that I really loved um, healing was part of my nature and I really loved um, working in that way um, and then over the years I've done many different complementary therapies from crystal healing um, all the way through to massage and I just really loved being a well-being practitioner and working with people so but I was also really drawn to um, art and I started, I kind of, my 20s was a real whirlwind, really. I was doing all my um, complementary therapies alongside of studying um, fine art and bringing up a, a, a wee kiddie. I had my first um, son when I was 19 as well. So um, <laughs> I used to do crazy things like jump on a train with him and go all around Europe and go and stay in communities. And so it was a real whirlwind, really, my 20s. Um, but what happened was, as I kind of got to the crescendo, I suppose, of doing my degree, and um, I really loved doing this installation work and this live art work. Um, artists like um, Anna Mendita really inspired me. Who, you know, she used to like bury herself in the earth, and it was all about connecting with the earth. And I felt that um, going back a bit to my real back back story, uh, I was actually brought up as a Jehovah's Witness, and I found that. Um, that set me on a path uh, of really having to find out what was my truth and what was my own spirituality, not what someone had told me I should believe because I was kind of brought up with that from um, even really while I was in my mother's womb. I was actually baptised twice, once when she was pregnant with me <laughs> and once when I chose to when I was older. So that's a bit of a backstory, what kind of led me on my complementary therapy um, path. And the other thing, the, re the other thing is because I was quite shut down um, because I, I just felt that I went through quite a lot of difficult things as a Jehovah's Witness. And um, I realized that that wasn't love. So I was really looking at like, what was love? What did sort of resonate with me? And the only thing that really resonated with me was nature. And as a child, um, I used to run away a lot, but I used to spend a lot of time in nature. And we had an amazing woodman near where I lived. And I used to speak to the nature spirits when I was um, quite young. And um, when I went into care, I also still had this really strong connection with nature. And it was my place of safety. So alongside in my 20s of all these things, I was exploring all these different things. I was exploring art. I was exploring healing. Um, it was also really important for me to connect with nature. And I went and did quite a few um, workshops and quite a lot of training with different shamans. And at that time, throughout my 20s, it was all kind of male men shamans, which was amazing. I learned loads from them, but there wasn't any real women's teachings out there at that mm. time that I was aware of. And maybe it was because I wasn't perhaps quite ready for that. I was still in this sort of explorative role of like a, you know, a kid in an esoteric sweet shop, really. <laughs> like, oh, I can have a bit of this, you know, and I can go and stay in that community and have a bit of that. Um, and I'm really, really grateful for my 20s um, because it was a really amazing experience to sort of to have that, the youth and the energy as well to go along with that, you know, to kind of follow different um, things and explore different things. So um, I come to the point kind of when I hit the crescendo for me as I kind of came to the end of my degree and I realised that I wasn't com combining all my skills into sort of one essence of me. I was just kind of doing lots of 
different things like the sweets in the shop you know so mm-hmm. I realized that um when I went to do to Glastonbury I was doing my angel Reiki of awakening down there at the Daisy Center with Daisy Foss uh, I think this I'm really rub, not very good with timelines I'm I think artists often find it hard to be in <laughs> I have I have enormous problem with remembering <laughs> dates in the past. Was it in the 2000s? Yeah. Was it in the 90s? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It happened sometime, but I'm not quite sure what sometime. order. Yeah. <laughs> the order's exactly. the problem. Yeah. Exactly. So I was meditating in Glastonbury and um, I really uh, love, I was sort of working with Archangel Michael quite a lot at that time. And he just stepped forward. I was right on the center of this um, ley line and I had this really blinding vision of him and he just held a paintbrush and a scroll and he just said paint. Um, And I wasn't really a painter. I'd always been told that I was like a B grade painter, not really an A grade painter, which, you know, comes into sort of all your social expectations Mm. and all that. all that rubbish around um, academia and, you know, which is really ironic. Now I actually teach people how to connect to the heart through expression. And it's actually all about unpicking the um, social constructs that we put on ourselves of can you dance? Can you sing when you're two? Yes, I can. Can you dance? Can Mm -hmm. you sing when you're four? Yes, I can. Can you dance? Can you sing when you're seven? No, I can't. (laughs) Because all this (laughs) stuff happens. So, um, yeah, so now part of my transformational work with the art is about helping people connect to their heart through art and it to be an expression to connect with the core blueprint. But what set me off on that path was um, this kind of vision that I had. And then I started going to mind-body-spirit fairs um, and taking my complementary therapies um, and combining them with my art and start doing art readings and that kind of thing. So that was kind of a branch. Um, but coming back to my women's work, what happened was about in about five years ago, um, my sort of relationship broke down and I had my second child. So I had one at 19 and one at 29. And um, I knew that I had all these amazing teachings that are percolating in me. <laughs> but I knew that mm-hmm. I needed a a women's space and I knew that I needed some um, medicine women teachings hmm. so there was a group of women um, I, uh, in Colchester at the tree room I don't know if anyone knows that place but it's um, a healing center and there's an amazing yoga place there and there was a few um, a couple of practitioners there Claire James and Emma Tivy. And they um, were like, said, I want a red tent. I don't know what it is, but I want a red tent. And there was a book that came out, um, which had sort of started to be inspiring women, which which was called The Red Tent. And it was about um, going back to Abraham's time, um, around that time, where it was the da- it was the story of his daughter, rather than what happened with the men. And it... Um, women would go off into their sacred space around their moon time and that's where they would share the teachings and their stories and the journeys of motherhood, womanhood and they would pass that on to the young women um, of any tribe and actually as you look in ancient history there's always been a tradition of women going off to menstruate around the dark moon Um, and this was considered very sacred because it was a time that a woman was the most in touch with herself 
and they would divine a lot of the prophecies um, for the for the tribe and so the men and the women would work together within their um, sacredness of their divine essence so men had a warrior often the warrior and a, a different energy which complemented the female energy but they were both honored and women had their space men had their space but then they would come together and celebrate and share and learn so red tent kind of started um generally in the usa um, a lady started it out there and that was about 10 years ago and it's just spread like wildfire <laughs> pretty much over the globe um and we started Essex Red Tents in Colchester five years ago, and now we have five red tents in Essex. Um, there's even there's even more in East Anglia, going up to about um, a good ten I know of, and there's many unregistered ones as well. So wow. it's a space where women have started to reclaim. There's a calling for it. There's a need for it. There's a need for women to find out who they are, what they need, um, but not in a um, particularly orthodox or religious way, just a celebration of I am a woman and I want to be around women because our communities have broken down due to, due to um, you know, after the war, families started to move away, jobs, then it became, um, and now you have social media, people don't even pick up the phone anymore and actually talk to each other. So there's this kind of disintegration that's kind of going on in communities um, around us. And we just, our vision was kind of, it's been so amazing for us. Um, and it's, you know, it's dipped and dived and it's had its, its different um, flow, like things, you know, projects and things go in their own flow. But we would really love to see a red tent in every community for young girls all the way through to um, what we call holding the blood within. Um, so that that sacredness, that knowledge um, is passed on to our young girls so they can grow up feeling empowered, safe, protected, um, knowing they've got a community around there and a place they can go to as well for, for mm. refuge and connection. And what in a different world it would be if every every village had a red tent yeah i can see that i mean we assume that our mothers pass on the knowledge that we need but that's not always the case is it so um in a group situation where you've got more um elders so to speak the women that are elders can help the younger women and share because quite often you would learn something from somebody else that your own mother you know, it wasn't sort of about to tell you or um Yeah, I think get it's very so interesting. Mm. Something that Definitely. always sticks in my mind, and I'm gonna bring this up here and this is totally unplanned, it's just popped into my head here, about this sort of stereotypical image of women that I got from my parents because, you know, the fact that I wasn't exposed to a a lot of different types of women, if you understand what I mean by that. So sure, you sort sure. of form an image of um, how how you are or how you should be. And then um, I did have a friend who got married when she was 17. So she was still really, really young. And when she got divorced, um 
this particular lady was only like 34. And 34 now, seeing as I'm 55, seems really, really young. And mm. after their marriage broke down, she was going out and she was partying and having the time of her life because she got married at 17. <laughs> She'd been, yeah. you know, a housewife for all those years. The marriage wasn't great. And and I remember the feedback from my parents, uh, like absolute horror. How could she do that, you know? Um, and I think really it was because they were older, but because they were older, they sort of expected everybody to behave the same way as them. And yeah. people just don't. I mean, you know, we've got all types of, um, women of different ages and opportunities. Um, I remember thinking to myself, is it a crime to actually, this is when I was about teenager, is it actually a crime for a woman of 34 to go out and enjoy herself, you know? And sure. Thing is, I'm, I'm gone 54 and I'm still doing that. I actually think <laughs> I to myself now. I'm 90. <laughs> <laughs> actually thinking, no, but, you know, if I had been in that situation, I mean, I there were obviously a couple of other women around me, apart from my mother, for me to know about this person in the first place. But, you know, for for young women to know that are different ways of living. Like, it's actually okay to be single, you know, if you want yeah. to be. It's actually okay to enjoy yourself. You don't have to have, you know, what you don't want in your life unless you choose it. And these are all things that I suppose, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you start wondering, you know, what the way your life is going to be, um, your responsibilities when you have children, this sort of thing, how to behave. And it's like uncharted waters, isn't it, really? It's uncharted waters. Definitely. What I find really sacred about um, some of the teachings that I've helped, I've found really helpful to hold um, Red Tent Space is we really practice self-responsibility and authenticity. And it's really powerful when you, you hear a woman speak her story and you're hearing that from um, a space of a compassion, love, trust, and also you're um, taking responsibility for yourself. So you're checking in with yourself. Okay, what's coming up for me? You're not cross-speaking. There's no cross-talk in circles. We just hold the space. We listen from a really deep, deep space. And it's really powerful what can come up for for us. You know, sometimes you can get a bit triggered by something, but it's really being aware that that's actually mine. That's my thing. And it's really amazing how it ripples out also into our lives outside of Red Tent, you know, taking responsibility for ourselves, taking responsibility for our own happiness, um, taking responsibility for our authenticity. Is this true? Is this authentic in this moment? Am I honouring myself? Am I honouring the other person on the other side? And the practice of coming together in um, a safe, sacred space regularly where you have ultimate permission because all humans need to be loved, valued, heard. That is mm. a fundamental basic need that we have and 
that is kind of disintegrating in our societies as our um, communities break down or they break down as communities in communities in communities you know you can only be in our community if you if you believe this you can only be in our community if you've got this set of ideals but when you go to the core truth which is authenticity self-responsibility love compassion then none of that matters about you know you know you might have this ideal and I've got that ideal it doesn't matter mm. so there's a lot of trust isn't there you know within the groups you do you feel that do the same people come to these groups and how how many people would you say if you've attended one how many people have there been there in any one time so, yeah I've been to red tents where um it's been three of us and then I've been to red tents where there's been 30 of us I've been really privileged that I've been able to um co-facilitate uh red tent retreats and also every year um, as long as I'm invited back, which generally I am, but I wouldn't like to assume. Um, I'm invited to Harlequin Festival, where we have a dedicated women's red tent um, space, which runs over um, about a period of five days. So, um, it you know, it really, really varies when it comes to um, people attending. But the way that we build up the trust is that we have... Um, some people call them red tent commandments, some call them principles, but we have um, a certain set of principles that we speak and share every time before we share. So it's really important, important that confidentiality is kept and that mm. is that always expressed. Um, it's also really important that we have a safe space. So if something does come up, then you can speak to someone in the circle and it can be dealt with. Um, we also really recommend self-responsibility, speaking from the eye, authenticity, and it's a practice. It's like um, it's a practice, and the more you do it, the easier it gets. And we have had cross-talk before, and actually there has been times when um, confidentiality has been broken, and it's always very heartbreaking when that happens. But it's also a massive learning curve. And the other thing now that I put in place um, for anything that I'm facilitating or in a group is we have a safe word so that any when that cross if if that cross talk starts to happen when people are still learning the principles and still kind of getting into the flow of this sacred speaking we say the word and it, it draws them in and it's everybody's responsibility to share that space not just a, um, someone who is like a core attendee well, that's easier that place sense. to face, isn't it? I mean, this is this is yeah. part of the problem with other mediums. And as you see at the same time earlier when we first came on, you have to sometimes have um, a few minutes to get into the into the pace, if you understand I mean, if you understand yeah. that of, of how people are speaking and when they are speaking, and it is a lot easier. I mean, I did this on a counselling course as well, where you are, if you if you if you've got your bodies back to back, then <laughs> you know if you're not <laughs> seeing a person, it's sometimes difficult to judge. But if you're in a room with a lot of people and you're actually watching while they're talking, then you normally get the timing sorted out. And if you are actually then deciding to talk across someone, then it's actually 
comes over as pretty rude, doesn't it? I mean, there's no other word for it, really. I think it's yeah. quite, it's rude. It's also thinking, human as well. Yeah, it's human. <laughs> we, we may not <laughs> help it at times. But what, yeah. um, <laughs> it's rude and but human. It is an amazing practice. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely say I've probably been on both sides. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, again, that comes back to the, um, that would come back to uh, compassion and having compassion for yourself and the other person. Mm. So would it be all right to touch on a little bit about some of the, um, what I call the womb mandala teaching? Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, we've got plenty of time. I have to say, excuse the loud bangs we've had. That is my cat jumping up on top of a cupboard. And I hope he wouldn't, but he's got a mind of his own. So he's been, oh, he has been jumping and banging like a bit of a trapeze artist there. So sorry about that. He's having having feline fun. fun. Feline fun. Yeah, so do go ahead. Any questions? We haven't had anyone come in. We we haven't had anyone come and ask a question. Um, I have actually just put it on Facebook. Um, Have you had anybody ask you anything before the show or anything? No, no. If not, just go ahead because this will be listened to a lot after tonight so just just go ahead and if you explain about things to people then if they've got any questions they can get in touch with you can't they via your website which is www.intuitive is that is that is that is that it's not on air yet it will be i'm very close it will be soon i am very very close to it um the Mm -hmm. other uh, website which is for my art and my complementary therapies has been going for a long time is whole soul arts and that's life um whole which is soul. W- me, yeah, yeah please read it out yeah so it's www.whole is in the whole of you and then soul and then arts.com arts with an s on yes whole soul arts.com and when I'm live, there will with my other website for my women's medicine work. Um, there'll be links to both. So absolutely, One that's wonderful. I can, yeah, and I can add that other link on there, so that's not a problem. Okay, so do carry on with um, what what were you going to explain to us? Sorry, I was going to talk you... a little bit about um, like the the womb mandala and how. Um, the cycles connect in with our, our women's cycle, moon cycle, actually physically connects in with nature cycles. Okay, the 28 day thing. Yeah, 28 days? Is, you know, well, you know, if you go as a, a kind of general, but actually every woman is completely unique and their mm-hmm. cycle is theirs. I mean, mm. uh, I have like a 28, 32, flip over, 26, flip over, 24 sometimes, you know. So, uh, okay. But that's okay. It's really unique. But the good thing is about um, charting your cycle is you can begin to see patterns emerge. Um, mm. So I know, for example, uh, if I book, if I'm going to book a, like a, you know, like a call like tonight, I, I, 
now actually if I'm at a point in in my bleed time that's actually really good for me now it didn't used to be that's only after these teachings but that's a place of power so that's a good time to talk but it kind of needs to be somewhere in the middle of that um or okay, I let's know backtrack that there's here. hang on yeah, let's yeah. backtrack <laughs> that's important backtrack. in the middle of yeah. that in the middle of the five <laughs> six day bleed is a good time yeah. to then talk yeah. so like day three yeah. day four you know yeah or... but when you chart your own cycle this is the thing you're mm-hmm. unique you are a unique person you're a unique blueprint some ladies might not even have a cycle um, no. some women hold what we call holding the gold within which is when you've you've been through your lifetimes of cycling and you hold all the wisdom within so you still follow a dark moon cycle um so everyone's unique but the thing is if you chart your cycle you can start to see where your good days are and where your not so good days are so then you know okay i'm, um, I'm going to take a call and do this plan so for me and um, there's certain i'm going to talk through rather than i'm going to talk through the womb mandala rather than because i'm jumping too far ahead and i'm going to bring myself back so let's just imagine just for now everyone's unique yes but just for this talk we're going to keep it to a 28 cycle day cycle okay so you're coming out of your bleed time and you're coming into what we call your maiden phase so this is where your estrogen is beginning to rise and this phase is a time where you can connect with the maiden archetype it's also a time of connecting to spring so as you're coming out of your bleed time and you're coming into from if we'll start from day seven you're coming in, your estrogen is rising. So this is a really good time for new ideas, exploration. It's also quite a sensual time. So if you think about all the things that you associate with maiden, what do you associate with maiden? What kind of energies? Mm, femininity. Um, sensuality. Yeah, sensuality. Um, I don't know. Um Hmm. If you think of a teenager, a teenage girl. Yeah, a young girl, you know, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Youthful. Sort of, you know, youthfulness. A, a bit indolent at times as well, a bit selfish, a bit inwards at times. <laughs> Introspective. Um, yeah. Uh, explorative, exploring different things. You know, does this style work for me? Doesn't this work yeah. for me? Okay. So. In our cycle, as we're coming out of our bleed time, so from around day five, six, we're starting yeah. to move into this phase of maiden, and it's connected with the archetype of maiden, and it's connected with the element of spring, and it's connected yeah. with the element of fire. For me, everyone's mandala is a little bit different, but that's what works for me. So when I reach this phase, it's a good time to start new projects. It's a good time to um, go back to some of my blank canvases that maybe I've been a bit struggling with a bit and, you know, have a retweak. It's um, it's a time to also connect with and get a bit more social. It's a time where I'm a little bit more outward. So as your estrogen rises and then you come up through your um, maiden, you, be, you begin to come towards ovulation. And then you, from about, around about day 12, you're hitting ovulation and this phase is connected to the mother energy 
it's connected to the mother archetype. So if you think, and this phase is connected to the um, season of autumn. No, not autumn, sorry. Summer. <laughs> summer. So if you summer. think of mother, yes, summer. So it's connected to the season of summer. So if you think of um, a mother, mother archetype, think of all the energies that come along with mother archetypes. So what energies do we have? Nurturing, I suppose, being looked Nurturing. after. Um, yeah, holding space. responsibility. Holding what? Sorry. Yeah. Holding what space. Yeah. Holding space. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You tell us. <laughs> Put me <laughs> well, on the spot the here. Is, that's all right. Now it's good just to get people thinking about what they um, associate with the mother with archetype. The mother. So mm. yeah. So it is a giving energy. It is a holding energy. It's a it's an, for me, it's an open kind of energy. It's also um, very nurturing and it's also quite, exu- it can be exuberant, but also it can be quite frazzling as well, you know, because we've kind of got to the point where we're overgiven and it's, you know, sometimes a little bit over overwhelming. And if you think of what you would associate with summer, um, when you think of summer, what are the kind of energies that come along with summer? Sun, um, strong energies, yeah. uh, energy, just just basically yeah. feeling more energetic. Um, yeah. Exercise. And that's what I, yeah, and um, connecting to nature, being yeah. outside, that's something I would connect with summer. So these are um, qualities that we have as we're coming up in our cycle through ovulation. Mm. And this is a time to really connect with our mother archetype within us. So it's a time to um, be there to be able to hold space for others. It's a time to hold space for yourself. It's a really open space. So like the creative projects and ideas that have been percolating, it's now a time to go and do them. Um, It's a time that you've actually got the energy to get a lot, a lot of stuff done. Um, I know I'm digressing slightly, so do bring me back if I go off. But I'm just going to say, what, what day are we after then from 12 to, say, day, what, 15 or something, 14, 15? Yeah, so then we'll slip into, you're starting to come into your autumn phase, which is a phase of letting go. This is when you, your, yeah. egg, your egg comes around ovulation and it comes around day 14, day 15 starts to, die off a little bit and your um, levels drop your estrogen levels drop so there's a little bit of a dip um, and that's when I don't know um, as a woman I know I personally experience it sort of, you're kind of yeah I can do everything I'm top of the world I can do all this stuff and then all of a sudden it's like literally even in half the day it's like oh something sort of hits a little bit and it's like oh no no I, I can't quite do that and it's a change of energies because the energy now is about release and letting go and this is a time of um, coming into your wild woman. Um, and this is probably really where I was when I ha- we had to cancel the show the other day because <laughs> I, lost, I knocked myself oh. out of my house. Um, you went my too wild. wild. <laughs> my wild woman was like, no way. <laughs> right, okay. And, um, you know, there's a positive side. So when you think of autumn, you know, what do you think of? You, I mean, I think of changing colours in the trees. Yeah, what trees, leaves. Um, 
Well, I, I always think that people are more energised in the autumn. I know I said the summer's energy, but for me, the autumn is the most energising season there is. Yeah. I always think that it's like you want to get things done before the winter. Yeah. And sometimes you push, you push to get things done. Probably that is, yeah, the reaping, the gathering. Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing as yeah. well. And preparation I just think it's about preparation that one isn't it because I yeah. really did that this year I was like out of my garden and I'm getting everything ready for the winter um you know brushing my path finishing my grass for the last time things that I really just thought right okay and I won't have another chance when the cold weather comes because then yeah. I will not be in the garden anymore this is me so yeah there was a lot like that cutting the hedge you know yeah. sorting this sorting that getting the outside light fixed which might sound a bit mad but you know preparation yeah. preparation for Definitely. the dark really in the winter that's it yeah. and shedding there's a lot of shedding and release yeah. work as well that's starting to it's starting to gradually change this and um, that for me, there's also like a the wild woman is like a warrior woman. It's like, come on, you can get this done. <laughs> you know, it's so, or 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 it can also um, be to the point where my energy is quite all over the place, trying to, you know, because I'm letting go of things, and the world is telling me to still be a maid and still be a mother because our society really like thinks that's that's okay but to sort of be in your autumn or your winter isn't okay you're not allowed to you know you're not allowed to lose your your stuff and you're not allowed to rest you know and you have to be busy all the time and you have to be these certain um archetypes all the time because we can deal with that we can't deal with autumn we can't deal with winter um but what happens with these teachings as you honor that you have these archetypes within you um, you begin to work with them within yourself and outside of yourself and it starts to have phenomenal change in your life and outside of your life as well because you start working with the energy rather than against the energy and each archetype also has a positive and a flip side to it as well so when you're having your wobbly day you know like when I locked myself out of the house with the keys you know that was my wild woman but that was my wild woman kind of being um, you know the cheeky kind of uh, Ah, enchantress kind of woman you know like yeah you think you've got your whatever together no you haven't <laughs> but in that in itself that is an amazing teaching in itself it's you know it's it's powerful and it's learning to honor that and go oh okay and you know you were really amazing when we talked you said look just let it go if it's not flowing it's not going and it was actually because I was really holding on I think that energy was quite strong that wild woman and I was like no I'm really going to push through I'm going to push through but actually I needed to soften and you know work with my wild woman in a way which was actually it's okay you know we're just going to do this now so it's awareness it's awareness of um, that energy energy cycling through you and then we move um, into the release of the egg and then we, we move into the shedding phase as we come into winter. And this is connected to winter and it's connected to the archetype of a crone. Mm-hmm. And as we um, begin, and we, we can work with her. So when you think of winter and you think of a crone, what kind of associations do you make with her? Well, I am one, I think. <laughs> I'm a crone. I'm a crone now. I am. 
So, so I'm asking now. So, um, I think that's sort of like symbolic of women what who've been through the menopause, um, which I have and are older, and maybe yeah. wise, wise, and um, yeah. you know that other people maybe look to for um, advice and and help and things like that. So, um, I, uh, in the family as well. You know, like when yeah. you lose your parents, which I have lost my parents, and then my son would say to me, "Well, you're the one now," and that yeah. quite feels um, like I didn't want to be that one. By the way, I was just like, "No, I don't want to be her. Don't tell me that because I don't want the responsibility of the person that you know people look up to and what have you." But I think it's a natural cycle and a natural progression because I remember thinking about six months or so after my mum died, that was in this role after all, because I think that it's sort of more of an acceptance of that second phase of your life or whatever you like to call it, or third phase, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a flowering, um, isn't it? It's, you know, each phase is a yeah. flowering. And... Um, yeah and this is what I love to do I really love to help women like go through rites of passage and really honor these times in our lives so it's it's working with what I call the womb mandala monthly it's working with that once you have the understanding and knowledge of this then you can work with it with within the seasons and then it expands again into another concentric circle where it actually expands out into phases of our life so there are phases as you're saying you you are in the fate you feel that you're in the phase of the life of of crone at the moment I would say I feel like I'm you know I'm dipping towards my 40s so I'm kind of in a transition perhaps from mother to um, my enchantress in my wider life so it's quite powerful for me um, in how it's helped me really understand myself and my femininity and it's mm. really kind of um, powered into a lot of my um, complementary therapy and holistic therapy and also in my artistic work as well to help women really connect with this power and this energy that's inside of them um, whether it's through you know meeting um, in red tent style um, groups or whether it's through rites of passage work or workshops or retreats it's about really enhancing this natural gift that we've been given um, um, but was kind of taken away from us because of over the last few thousand years there was you know the goddess was quite there was quite a lot of acknowledgement around that but as um, it turned more into the Gnostic and kind of more of the um, Christian um, Jewish sort of side of teachings it was kind of a lot of that the teachings were lost and not really passed on and I think the reason why Red Tent is such a calling for women or coming together just to um, be just in women's groups, um, it's because we're trying to reclaim that that has kind of been lost, but not lost. Um, there's a lovely expression is waiting for things to be revealed because you haven't forgotten them. You, you just forgotten them, but they're still there. So it's just a remembering um, of who we really are and what we really we can be and it's not to say um to a man or oh, you know you don't have this so therefore you're bad or anything it's just saying this is who I am I if I can really embrace and honor who I am then you can be more of what you are because 
if I step into my sacred feminine and really own my power as a sacred, compassionate, loving, sentient being, and you're doing the same through your process, then we can come together and be um, in harmony as a community, mm. as, um, as, you know, as a relationship. And I don't have uh, daughters. I have two sons. And my sons know when it's my moon time, they cook for me. They, um, they let me rest. They make space for me. Because if I teach them, if I take responsibility for myself and I teach them this, then they know how to look after the women in their life, however that may mm. be as they grow. And that it, makes it, them more compassionate, loving people. Yeah, because you do get times where you just feel, um, you know, you've got the, the energy during that cycle can vary a lot, can't it? I mean, it, it can. Absolutely. Also, it's a force, also, Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. And also what's interesting is, like, you know, people have had hysterectomies. I've actually had a mind saying... Like I had that in my 30s. So the yeah. actual cycle is still going on for me. The cycle yeah. is, yeah. the body cycle, the body still feels like it's going through a cycle, but obviously there isn't a thing yeah. at the end of it. But they, you know, you're still aware of the fact that you're getting a little bit of bloating, you're feeling a bit tender yeah. here and there. You're still aware that you have got a cycle, but you haven't got a clue when it is really because... Well, you yeah. have, because yourself, you think, oh, I'm in this bit in my cycle. But, you know, it's not as obvious. Obviously, if you're not having a period, yeah. it's not as obvious. But you are still going through a cycle. And I yeah. think it, it would be useful to suddenly know where you were in it. Because if you're not plotting it, and then you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then you wake up the next day, and they're like, oh, Actually, I had no idea yeah. I was going to be feeling like this. So this is, this is a little bit what it's like for someone who has had a hysterectomy and they're just like, they're yeah. aware there's a cycle, but they That's don't it. really, they're not really in touch with exactly what is going on when anymore. So it can That's catch true. you out. It can totally yeah, catch you out. Yeah. You can actually suddenly flip. think, flip. I was going to do this, yeah. but I don't actually feel like going out or, you know, yeah. I had no idea I was going to feel this drained or I wouldn't have organised this. And that does sure. happen. So, you know, yeah. I, I like to point that out for women who might have had hysterectomies at a young age and yeah. to let them know that they still are having a cycle, even though Absolutely. they might not. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that and I echo that and because I see that I do um, a type of uh, healing which helps bring all these archetypes into balance for women. It's one of the therapies that I do and there is absolutely, from my experience, a energetic cycle that continues and all of the cycles that you ever had so my understanding is it like every, throughout our lifetime we have a cycle we bleed, but we actually energetically hold because the womb space um, in the it, it's a chakra space of creativity. It's the space where we create um, life. It's creation. So we actually hold an energetic blueprint of all the things that we've learned, um, grown, 
and this is a space where for women we we transmute we transmute but sometimes we don't transmute certain traumas and pains get stuck which is where my transformation work comes in with women which helps bring these archetypes into balance um alongside other uh, i could kind of combine different um healing techniques to help women come into alignment with that okay that's fantastic okay because now we've only got seven minutes left Kezia okay I just want to (laughs) say to you um, if people want to get in touch with you obviously they can get in touch with you via the website that you said earlier would you like to just repeat that again your your existing website yeah my live one at the moment is www.whole is in the whole of you soul and then arts.com and it's arts arts with an s and also on facebook can they contact you on facebook there is a creative um intuitive uh create oh sorry intuitive creatrix page i've got and there's a women's group if any women would like to join the creatrix um women's group um yeah which i kind of try and do lives on and connect in with people as much as i can um and then yeah the creatrix website going live yeah intuitive creatrix so it's 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 like creator but with a r i x yeah yeah, the creatrix, yeah. Um, but anyway, that, also, that link is in yeah. preview. And if, I'll give you my mobile number as well if anyone's in the yeah. UK and they want to phone. Um, it's 07879 or you can get hold of me on Skype or any yeah. or Facebook Live. Absolutely amazing. And that has been absolutely <laughs> fascinating. Kezia um very very fascinating there's far more to this than I actually I've learned a lot tonight actually I've learned so much um and I haven't really even been to one of these meetings but I know now that I must come so um absolutely wonderful and um, thank you very much for being on the natural um co-creator show and sharing your knowledge tonight so thank you it's been a pleasure and I really hope that I've been able to give useful clear information and please do feel free like anybody that's listening please feel free to um, PM me or Jenny with any questions and I'm more than happy to you know get in touch with some more clarity um, on anything that we discussed yeah okay fantastic okay goodbye for now then thank you okay take care bye bye Okay, so that was the wonderful Kezia Osborne talking about her transformational work with women and women's groups, particularly uh, Red Tent. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play out The Enchanted Forest by Ajna to play us out. Um, And it's absolutely amazing, this track. So thank you. (laughs) 